0: Henrik is the executive director of Sisters in Crime, and I am delighted to welcome Marco Caracari to the podcast today. Marco originally hails from Switzerland and now lives in the California desert with his exceptionally sweet and supportive, aka patient husband. His debut novel, Blackout, was nominated for Lefty and won the NYC Big Book Award and Independent Press Award for Best LBGTQ Novel. His short stories appeared in Malice Domestic 16, Mystery Most Diabolical, All in the Planning, and the Saints and Sinners 2023 short fiction anthology, which was published by Grace. Marco, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Julie. Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, I'm going to start this conversation as I always start these conversations and ask you, when did you say to yourself, I want to write a book?
1: Well, um, I guess I've always written my entire life. I I always, even as a kid, I always wrote my own stories, but never figured it was going to be professional in any shape or form. And I did write a manuscript, I guess, when I was, I'd say I was 20 at the time. And what prompted my writing journey and blackout was that I actually stumbled across this manuscript 25 years later. And interestingly enough, almost to the week and I found it and it was just atrocious. It was hysterically bad and I I read it and I just thought, Oh my God, it showed me so much about who I was at the time, which mm-hmm. was a little sad, but uh, I thought, okay, all of that aside, I think I can do better than this. And so that's how this all started uh, about, well, almost 10 years ago, I guess at this point. Just sat down, said, okay, what is a story that would interest me? What is, uh, what's a character that would interest me? And then I sat down and at first I brainstormed with my friends, my closest friends. I was, uh, I told them of the idea and I told them I was going to do this. And we were just basically joking around and a lot of stupid ideas or silly ideas dropped here and there but uh, i took some of them and started writing this book and three months later i was done i thought and <laughs> i gave that that um the finished product to my friends to read and the feedback was overwhelmingly positive, but they're also really brutal because they're all Italian. And so they're all <laughs> pretty much in your face. And uh, I got skewered a lot as well. And that sort of, um, that kind of made me want to dig in again and make it better. And uh, over the next two years, I did. And then I dropped it for almost about two years as well. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is sort of history i guess i kind of became more um what's the word i became I became more serious about it i went to uh, uh writing conferences learned the craft of writing a little bit better uh and really kind of dug in my heels and then started writing you know seriously and and, and taking the time taking the classes reading books that helped um Self-help books in the sense of writing how to write crime mm-hmm. novel, uh, things like that. I started, um, yeah, basically just talking to people I never had before who had already had, um, some experience in the community, in the crime writing community. And, uh, and then I'd say it's probably about six years ago that I started seriously touring the uh the crime fiction world and um with the manuscript in hand and it kind of still shifted and progressed to what it was Mm -hmm. what it is today so
0: i love hearing this this progression of you know sounds like you've got some great friends who are willing to um, support you on your creative are they are any of them writers as well or are they all um no they just their... think
1: they are because they okay. had a lot of suggestions that sounded like they're professionals and i was like "Yeah, okay well i don't know what i'm talking about but you definitely don't know <laughs> what you're talking about no they're great they're great um it, you know it actually spurred a, a dialogue mm-hmm. and um they're readers they they love to read and that's just as important so Absolutely. as we progressed over the you know a few years and talking and maybe them reading another version of the book uh their feedback was really important uh even if it was at times also kind of harsh but um as a reader you want to be entertained and you don't want to be you don't want to go through a book and then think oh this just this bad writing or it makes no sense or whatever Uh uh you would like to have a book that takes you on a journey and you enjoy that journey uh and so it was quite helpful as well but no none of them write (laughs) well
0: and we could talk about this a little bit later but harsh criticism um it's always a fine line but it's choosing who's going to read your manuscript is such an important thing because you don't want somebody who loves you and isn't going to say I got bored in the middle, you know. <laughs> but you also want somebody who offers constructive criticism, not you know, and and it's a fine line, but a reader, a good reader can definitely provide that feedback. Absolutely. And you you started to take the craft. You know seriously and 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 uh you know take classes and and read books and everything else um for you was it always crime fiction that you wanted to write
1: yeah uh I always loved crime fiction uh to read uh as a as a young kid already um and to watch and tv shows uh all the you know at the time maybe they were sillier like i watched a lot of heart-to-heart charlie's angel wow. <laughs> charlie's angels and all that sort of stuff vegas and whatever they were all called Rockfort files and they all had a certain humor to them and mm-hmm. a certain suspension of disbelief because of just the format but that kind of spurred a deeper interest and so i found Writers like uh, Michael Connolly and John Connolly and Dennis Lehane and and so a much <laughs> a, a whole different caliber of of writing and authors in crime fiction and uh, I've been a huge fan of all of them for for years and decades in some some cases and those were the books that fascinated me the most. hmm
0: And was it? Did you read? Crime fiction, as a you said, you read it as a kid. I mean, was this just always? Was that first that twenty five year old manuscript? Was that a mystery?
1: It was, yes, it was. But it was also more of a maybe it was more of a love story than it was a mystery. Because at the time, I was um, very much in love with um, a very good friend of mine. And so this story was kind of my way of making them get together at the end, <laughs> which never <laughs> happened in real life. And so I, I sold it as a, you know, sort of murder mystery, crime fiction, whatever caper. But it was really more about the journey of me trying to get together with this person and expressing my feelings through writing, uh, which I guess, we were close enough to do that in person as well, but I needed to still fictionalize it. And at the time, I remember he was a fan. He liked it. He didn't like the idea of us getting together, but he liked, he liked <laughs> the story enough. And uh, I think he was just kind because as I can attest, having read it again like 10 years ago, it was pretty bad, but I kept it just to remind me.
0: Well, and also taught you how to write a book, which is invaluable. You need to you know that first book teaches you how to write a book. <laughs> I mean it's really important to do that. Talk about community. You said that as you were shopping um blackout, you started to go to conferences and and to meet people. Um, did you understand? at the beginning how important community was to a writing career or was this just your way of of connecting with people who understood what you were trying to do
1: um i did definitely not understand um and also i didn't get that sense from the um general writing community not to you know my experience was uh we i went to uh a writing conference twice, uh, here in California that had nothing to do with crime fiction. It was very general. And I had a lovely time. There were nice people there, all that sort of stuff. But I'm, unless I know people, I'm a bit of an introvert and I have a really hard time. And especially, especially eight, nine years ago, uh, or seven years ago, it was really tough for me to just, I, you know, walk up to people and introduce myself. It still is that to an extent, but I'm getting better at it. And so at the time when I went, a friend of mine, uh, who's also a writer, he had just, uh, finished his first novel, which was not crime fiction. And so he said, Hey, why don't we go together? And so we went and we had a great time. It was lovely, but crime fiction was not well represented. And I kind of felt like a little bit of an outsider. And then someone suggested to, you know, look into crime fiction conventions. And I believe my very first one, um, was probably Thriller Fest. Wow. And before that, I did the, um, writer's police academy mm-hmm. I that I think six years ago, which is not exactly the same, but it, because you are taught, uh, you know, what police, the law enforcement actually does in real life, or you were, I believe they just finished the last, uh, year of, of teaching people. But in the years that it was, um, present, it showed you, um, talked to you about forensics, taught you about what actually happens in a crime case. You were able to talk to people who were in the police force, in the fire, you know, uh, fire department. And uh, it really kind of helped me understand everything better. And you met great people. I met great people there. And they were talking about other conferences. And so it just kind of got the ball rolling. And Thriller Fest was the first big one that I went to. And that was also the very first time I seriously pitched the book and it was in a shape at the time where I felt I could pitch it and, um, and potentially be successful. And I, I was, uh, su- successful in the sense that I pitched to seven people. They all loved it. They all wanted partial or full manuscripts. And so I was on cloud nine because everyone else I spoke with, um, at the time, they, I had a lot of rejections, even already at the pitching stage. And so I felt really, really good. And I was like, Oh, this is going somewhere. This is going somewhere until I got seven rejections and, and of course was crushed. But at the same time, the rejections were really nice with the exception of one person who just didn't care at all. Uh, I guess uh, about me as a writer or the work, everyone else invited me to come back with whatever I had, that the book wasn't right for them, but that they, they liked my style. They were very complimentary, which I thought, you know, they didn't have to do that. So if okay. they thought I was crap, then they probably would have not bothered. But uh, that made me feel good. And so I realized crime fiction conventions is really where I need to go. And uh, i Visited a few, but it really took off at Left Coast Crime last year in 2022 when I was nominated. I met so many people and so many people came up to me to either let me know that, you know, congratulations or we're happy for you or we read your book. We loved it or we're going to buy your book now. And uh the last almost two years have been just in completely insane. It's just taken off in a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Uh So many people who... I've I've had the fortune to meet through through uh Left Coast Crime and then afterwards uh I went to Malice Domestic or Thriller Fest Auchakan uh so many others and it just keeps growing and it's so so important because until you find your tribe uh in whatever genre you write I believe uh, you probably never feel That kind of that level of understanding and support because everyone's gone through the same thing. Either they do, they're going through it now or they did at one point, uh, or they're just about to, uh, to, to start. And we all have something to contribute and to help each other. And that's the most amazing part. Everybody wants to help each other. Nobody wants to, in my experience, whoever I've met and I've met. A lot of people by now and in just such a short time. Everybody wants to help. Everybody says, what can I do? And to me, that's mind blowing. I've never experienced anything like this anywhere else.
0: I think that the crime writing community is particularly open um, and supportive. Um, I've heard, you know, and I can't, uh, I, I don't want to cast aspersions, but other genres are not quite as, um, as, as, welcoming and supportive as the crime writing community it really it, I I wonder if it's because all of our aggressions are worked out in our books but it's an amazing as you said people everywhere will say what can I do to help or I'm so excited for you or or you know help you spread the word and that's so important because it's hard to do that for yourself
1: absolutely and it's exactly as you said uh I, I- I've had primarily good experiences wherever I've gone, even just the very, you know, conventional fiction conventions and or writing conventions. But I also can tell that most of those, uh, the minute I start, the the funny thing about regular writing conventions, I have noticed is almost everyone writes a memoir. Everywhere I've gone to, the three or four that I've done, uh, I would say a vast majority writes a memoir. And so everybody wants to talk about that. And I think that's fantastic. But I could also tell people, like the minute I started talking about my book, a lot of people were very nice about it, but you could tell their eyes are already glazing over. It's crime fiction. They don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And of course, when, and it may happen with other genres as well. But I think if you are in a, in an environment where everyone is, under a very large umbrella doing similar things i think it changes it changes perceptions or attitudes and i am hopeful that if you were to write romance or science fiction and you go to these conferences that you get the same amount of support because people are on your they're on the same wavelength as opposed okay. to going somewhere where the, Crime fiction, for example, is a very, very small part, maybe speculative and science fiction would be a very small part. But the majority of people write, you know, maybe a different genre or, as I said, memoirs. And um you're probably happiest when you have people in your corner that, as I said, work in a similar field and have a certain understanding or an interest.
0: Lesson one from this podcast. Go find your people. Like, <laughs> find Absolutely. your people. It's yes. the only way through. At the beginning, don't wait till you have a contract, don't wait till your book's done. Find your people. Tell me about your process, Marco. How do you how do you and has that evolved over time as well? How do you start a book?
1: Well, I start probably with an idea, I would say. I have an idea where I'm like, uh this sounds like it could be fun, and it always depends on whether it's just a spark or whether it feels a little bit more um, fully fledged, you know, I've had, I, I have a little, um, well, it's not a notebook anymore. It's all digital now, but uh, I have uh, folders where I have ideas uh, that I just jot down and I realized a lot of them sounded like a great idea at the time. And then they've been, you know, languishing for two years. So maybe they were not that great or I just haven't figured out what to do with them yet. And then I start writing. I usually do an outline as far as all the things that I already know. Uh, I, I usually don't have all the answers. I usually also don't have all the questions. And so it's always a process. It's always uh, an evolving process. But I do sit down. I write down my idea and then write down where I think it should go. With blackout, it was really funny. I did it in three parts. Originally, blackout was three parts and written as such. And I sat down and I did the first part. And then I did a a, a second file for the second part and a third. And those files only had very short, brief descriptions, no more than like three sentences of what I felt needed to happen. And I think the last one basically said, reveal the murderer. So I had no (laughs) idea where I was going. (laughs) And the first one was fairly detailed. And it really helped me as a first book, it really helped me Mm -hmm. because I wrote one chapter after the other, and I just banged them out. It was a lot of fun. I was completely in it. And I, I also wrote with a um, naive abandon perhaps that I don't possess anymore. It's, I, I do regret that a little bit and I miss that. Um, I'm much more critical these days and a lot more, well, I don't know if insecure is the right word, but I had at the time. No insecurities of what was good or what was bad yeah. in that particular manuscript. I just wrote it and then had my friends tell me what was really, really bad <laughs> and I had to agree on a few instances, but I just wrote it and it was just with so, so much joy. I wrote at three in the morning. I wrote at six in the morning during lunch break all day long. It was insane and fun. And that sort of died, unfortunately, because I'm a lot more. focusing on what it is I want to say. I want to cut the wrong turns as much as I can. And I want to be focused on what I'm doing. And, and, and I'm, I'm not allowing myself as much uh, craziness and, and, and free time and roaming into areas. That may not work out, that I may already know may not work out, but just kind of do it for the hell of it. Uh, and I, I, wish I, I could go back to that a little bit. And then I, yeah, I, I write it. And, uh, usually I am very chronological in beginning, middle, and end. Occasionally there is something that I know comes later and I will write it. But I just finished a manuscript right before Bouchercon. It's my, hopefully, my next book and hopefully the beginning of an actual series. Um, and that one was a complete cluster. It was all over the place. <laughs> I have no idea how this ever turned into a book. <laughs> I, I started this and I had a, a very strong beginning, I felt. And uh, I wrote it wrote the first few chapters, and then I hit a wall. But I had all these other scenes further down that I knew needed to happen. I had conversations that needed to occur. And so rather than being stuck, I started writing these. So Mm -hmm. I basically had the end before the middle. I had uh, several parts in the middle somewhere. And ultimately, when I really sat down and started putting everything together and streamline it, I had probably around 35 chapters that were in some parts completely unconnected uh but and I I needed to get there and I've never experienced anything like this and it was really frustrating and m- made me think I was a bad writer. I thought okay I completely lost my touch. I do everything chronologically and now I'm all over the place. I in my head it makes sense because I know what I need to do but if I give this to anyone they'd just be like you need to up your mitts i think or (laughs) something and uh and it took a while it took a while to find the voice uh, of the protagonist and hoping that it was a true and honest voice because it's a character i've never written in my entire life and um it was important to find a certain rhythm and I'm happy that 10 months later I found it and it's done, but it's also now out with uh, some very uh, wonderful, generous beta readers uh, who are all fairly established writers who reached out and said, oh, you're working on a manuscript. Uh, what's the, what's it about? And I would tell them and they said, um, you know what, when you're done, let me take a look at it. And um that just blew my mind. And so I'm super thrilled that they're taking the time to do this for me uh, because they have a lot more experience and a ton more books under their belt. And uh, for these people with solid careers to say, hey, if we can help you, we we would love to help you. That's fantastic. Even if they come back and say, oh, this didn't work for me at all. They will tell you why. And that will, you know, hopefully yeah. that'll make it a better book. So
0: Well, there are a couple of things I'm thinking about as you're telling about this, this, you know, second book challenge is your first book was so acclaimed. uh, Your first published novel was so acclaimed that that that's that adds pressure to you as you're writing that second book. It's like, okay, how am I going to do better than that? I mean, I would imagine. Was that a challenge?
1: Uh, to a point, um, blackout, I was, I was very, very, very fortunate with blackout and I will always hold those memories steer the good ones and the not so good ones, uh, because I think they still help you. They ha- shape you. They, they yes. shape you, uh, because you learn everything is a learning experience, but I do love blackout. I love that, uh, it was so very well received and, you know, it's not like it was a New York times bestseller or anything like this. In fact, um, because of several things that happened, um, I'd say, in the production schedule, but also uh because I didn't know anyone at the time. I did do what you just said earlier and basically started hanging in these crime fiction circuits a lot more and meeting people and making connections and networking um just around the time the book came out. And unfortunately, of course uh it came out during the pandemic so there was no in person events mm-hmm. there was no traveling and that made it really hard to get the book out to a larger audience and it always um fascinates me when i go to crime fiction conventions and uh even though i did not write a gay book um i wrote a book that features gay characters and uh the prim- primarily the people who buy them are straight and i love that because yeah. i want people to i want to buy a book I'm the person who wants to buy a book and be entertained. And mm-hmm. I don't care who wrote it unless I know that is a bad person. And I don't, I shouldn't read anything by them uh for, you know, to not make it just kind of all inclusive. But um, there are some people that I won't read, but, But it's a small list and everyone else, I don't care where you came from, what your experiences were. If you wrote a good book, I want to read it. And I am hoping eventually we get to a point where more people feel that way. I know a lot of them do, but there's also a lot who who do say, oh, gay characters. Yeah, I'm not going to enjoy that. Really? Why? Uh, or there's a, you know, there's a person of color in this book. Uh, it doesn't speak to my experience. Well, then you're an idiot. Perhaps you need to broaden your horizon. You know, that's what makes reading so great that you can, um, experience an adventure that, uh, you know, nothing about and you cope, you can go on this journey with these characters. So, um, yeah, basically that's what I want. And I'm, I've been very, very lucky that people have treated blackout, uh, in that regard, uh, a lot of, um, queer readers, but just as many straight readers. And, uh, I love the journey it took, even though, as I said, it's, it's, you know, it's a small book, but people knew about it. Uh, they knew about it because of the cover or because of all the marketing that I did, uh, mostly and, and all the appearances that I made. And it's fantastic to me to see how that can people it can get people interested mm-hmm. in a book because they met you or they like what you said on a panel or in a conversation. And then it just kind of progresses. Um, but as I am babbling away, I, I got just a little off track and I'm trying to remember the original question.
0: <laughs> well, the question was about the sophomore book, which can be challenging, but right. I, I, let's circle back for a second about, um, you know, labels. Um, And sort of where we are in the publishing world, because it's both an exciting time, but it's also, as you said, you you know, we don't want to niche things so that they feel like not everyone has access. But it's an exciting time because there are books written that um, center gay characters and and they're getting contracts and they're getting, you know, they're getting uh, press and and everything else. Um, there are cozies with people of color at the center and cozies, <laughs> um, as Rob Aslik calls them, um, with with uh, queer characters as well. We have so far to go, but it is an exciting time in that. Um, readers are expanding a a little bit what they're willing to read. Do you think that that's true or am I
1: being naive? I certainly would like it to be true. Uh, I think it is because we also tend to, you know, all these crime fiction conventions, um, we tend to be a fairly accepting group. And I believe there were some Quote unquote dinosaurs, uh, for lack of a better term, who did just, you know, they expected everything to be this cis, hetero, uh, white male sort of mm-hmm. uh, perspective and writer. And then perhaps it, you know, moved on to the white woman. Um, and I, I do believe that things are changing and that for the last few years, it's changed. And, you know, look at all the nominations. Um, a few years ago when it was predominantly white, uh, and, and straight now, it's, it's a nice mix, a nice mix of other ethnicities, other, um, life experiences coming in and writing books, people writing books, uh, that are, that take place all over the world. Mm-hmm. The people that were born all over the world. And they get nominated for major prizes because or major uh, awards because people read the books. They love the books. They're fans. And that's how they get nominated. Um, with the exception of a few um, book awards where you have judges, uh, a lot of the crime fiction convention ones are fans. And mm-hmm. the fans nominate and ultimately vote. And that's a fantastic thing. BoucherCon was an example, Left Coast Crime, the last two years that I've been, uh, absolutely, and also the winners. And I think it's it's important, but I also feel that uh we, especially in the larger cities and the coastal cities, people are maybe a little more open-minded as opposed to certain other regions where you go where people are not yet ready to read it. I mean, when you look at all the craziness that's now going on with all the book bans and it's just insane. I mean, I'm thinking it's, you know, 2023 and this is America and and then this crap's going on. It's just, I don't understand it. But uh, hopefully that's a trend in certain areas that can be walked back. And hopefully people want to know. The only way you can educate yourself, if you're not getting it in school, is by reading. And that means you need to read outside your comfort zone. And banning books is definitely not the answer.
0: Okay. I couldn't agree more um so you're the, at the other point so sophomore sophomore challenges of books but also you said that this new book um is the beginning of a series and that's a that's an entirely different setup as you're writing because you're writing the origin story <laughs> that is going to be moving forward and you have to think about how the characters are going to grow and the worlds is going to get bigger you're, you you build a world that you're going to live in for a while Um, Did that, it sounds like that may have offered some other challenges for you as you were trying to wrestle with how to start a series.
1: Yeah, I, uh, Blackout was never intended as a series, but it was, um, I had a sequel and I, started writing that sequel after finishing the first book eight, nine years ago, um, almost 10 years ago, I guess. And I am glad I stopped, but I'm also not glad I stopped. So there is, you know, a it's bad. So it was a good <laughs> thing. I stopped, but B, B was bad for stopping because I should have written it at some point And I didn't. And so when blackout <laughs> came out, I had ideas, but no finished book. And, um, people asked is there going to be a sequel? Uh, are we going to see these characters again? We love them. And I love them too, but I had spent close to, at that point, eight years with them mm-hmm. daily in some cases. And I was like, I need a break. I need a break from these people. <laughs> I, I don't want to write about them right this very moment, but I knew exactly how I needed to continue. So I've outlined all of that and put that aside. And then I worked on a different book last year, and uh it's almost finished uh it basically is missing the ending and for me to figure out who is the murderer because for the first time in my life i have no idea but that book uh is a thriller and it's set in mexico it's in puerto vallarta it's this uh american who's never been who goes for the first time in his life and uh through some serious events and horrible events he becomes the sole uh murder suspect in uh in the death of of his ex, who he uh, was, you know, seen publicly fighting and getting in 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 trouble with, and and so uh, I I wrote that and that was fun to write and it worked fairly well. Um, I think everything makes sense up to where I stopped, but then there was this nugget in my head, and it's been there for over two two and a half years by now, I guess and uh it's an idea that i had about uh writing a book here in palm springs so the book in puerto vallarta in mexico came to a screeching halt i hit a total wall and uh this other book kept screaming at me and it's like no me next me next and uh that's when i sat down and started outlining to a certain extent and then i realized this book there's so much about this character so much I want to do that, uh, this could be my legitimate in into a series, uh, mm-hmm. because I, I always love detective fiction. I always love the hard boiled noir, um, crime books. Uh, those that are a little closer to real world than maybe some of the other stuff I've read or even, uh, written. And so I, I started on that book and now that it's, done-ish, at least, as is, is far done, uh, until the powers that be come back with their feedback and tell me, drawing board, or, you know, you did well here, but you should work on this. Uh, I have the second book completely outlined already, and I have an idea for the third one, and I very rarely have found myself in a position like this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the second book is a big question, because I do not want to come back with something that people will shake their heads at, But I also have to realize you don't know whether or not people are going to shake their head at it. Blackout, as I said, is a, I guess I'd say it's a, it's a murder mystery with thriller elements. It could happen to anyone. The character could be a woman. It could be anyone really that you want it to be, but I wrote it because I wanted to see characters like myself. And so it has a, a queer cast in it. There are straight and gay people in there uh, that make up the book. And in uh, this, the the thriller in Puerto Vallarta also has a group of gay friends. And so I wanted to sort of step away from that a little bit and still have the LGBT community a part of the book, but in a completely different way. And so this character um is going on a journey where he finds out a lot of stuff about himself his life uh what he thought was and what isn't and uh all the while running from everyone who wants to kill him and there's quite a slew of people in the meantime he's also sort of slipping into a role of trying to help other people uh by sort of taking over a private investigator sort of role yeah. but not really <laughs> it's it's all a little more shady than it is above board And I love the idea. And I thought actually you could, you know, you could have quite a, a, a long running series on hand here with ideas, at least, uh, if people are interested, if people like what they do, but I'll be interested to see if the book does see the light of day. If I find an agent, if I find a publisher and that is printed more or less as it stands today. Uh, I'm curious because it is. A whole lot less gay than uh, than Blackout is, and uh, it will take a minute for you know certain characters to be introduced and for the book to go in a certain direction. And it is noir and hor- hard boiled first, and LGBTQ third at the po- at the moment. And um, hopefully, people, especially the people that consider themselves fans of Blackout and and me and my writing style. Hopefully they want to be on the journey, and that's the thing that worries me a little bit. But at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, you might lose some people who say, "Oh, I'd rather he do, you know, the gay thing uh, right. and write books that are a lot more um, queer in 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 nature, in the storyline, in the characters, as opposed to uh, this book, which isn't so much at the moment." And um, I, again, I want to write a book that people hopefully love the idea of and and what it's about and that they want to read it because of that and because i wrote it as opposed to who's really in it Um but i know myself sometimes you do fall in love with characters for a certain style when the the writer tries something new you're not always above you know you're on board with that and it's something i will have to see when it when it happens because unlike a lot of other people I still only have my one book um, out there. I'm working on others, and I would like to write, um, in, you know, with different topics. Some of them are more queer, others will be less, and hopefully there's going to be a readership for both. Ideally, it would be the same people. I would love that, but...
0: Well, you're also writing short fiction and tell me about that because oftentimes uh, folks will write short fiction and explore different genres or different voices or different things. Or, you know, they're cozy writers who write really dark short fiction because (laughs) it's just, you know, they could do it for short periods of time, but for longer periods of time. Tell me about you writing your short stories.
1: Um, My short stories both three. So I have, um, there's going to be three. There is one that I just submitted for an anthology. That's, uh, I don't know when it's going to come out, but that one like the one in the malice domestic one is kind of tongue in cheek. And I like that. I like humor. I love to laugh. I love to laugh. But, uh, or let's, let's put it that way. There's very little, I cannot find humor in even if it's just for me. And, um, I kind of approach writing that way. But it doesn't always work. Not everything should be funny or to be made fun of. Obviously, there are a lot of things that are very serious topics. And the uh, short story I wrote for the Saints and Sinners anthology, or had submitted, is actually quite dark. And uh, I loved it because it was, in a way, noir. Uh, I didn't want something that uh, th- there is absolutely resolution. You will have a resolution and find out what happened. But I also wanted it to be much, much darker. And I wrote it quite a few years ago, and it was um a departure, if you will, from the stuff that I write that's usually a little tongue in cheek or you put in some humor or whatever. And but it's just it's just as much me. Mm-hmm. I, as someone who has very, very dark periods in in his life. Uh, that's always been maybe that's why I've always been drawn to dark stories, because I have dark periods in my life where I absolutely uh, sort of crave those kinds of stories. And then there is the light period where, you know, I want to laugh and I don't want to have anything uh, that bothers me. But in my writing, I think I, I need both. And so it was great in a short story format to be able to experiment with both. Mm-hmm. But it's also tough for me because I realized that uh, I probably do better if I have more room. Yeah. Sometimes they're very generous and it says, oh, you know, we are looking for short stories up to six, seven, eight thousand words. Um, and so that is more helpful. But usually there are more between three and five. And to me, that's tough. I, I haven't quite figured out how to do that effortlessly. There are some people who excel at it and uh, have a ton of short stories, really great short stories, that's something I very much admire. I need a little bit more room, and so uh, less and, and and books are probably more my thing.
0: Well, and and you're, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think short stories are—it's such an art and a craft that uh, it's not. Novelists don't necessarily automatically become good short story writers because you do need more runway or more backstory or more characters or whatever reason but um i admire people who write a lot of short stories well
1: <laughs> yes absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
0: Yeah. so you're you're no pi um it sounds like a pi I, i'd assume there's still some humor in there because you're writing it or is it, is it
1: dark? <laughs> well, uh, it, it was, I'm, I, I'm putting a little bit more humor back in it. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's probably my humor, which can be very, mm, sometimes it's just seeing the irony of something and then having an example. And, you know, to me, that's funny. I, I can make myself capable. It may not necessarily to others or be to others, but it's definitely not so much the, uh, you know, uh, What do you call it like sitcom humor uh that I very I love it especially if people have great retorts and I want a little of that but I wrote the book and I said to my husband for the longest time I was like I can't put any humor in this and then suddenly I realized why not I read a lot of great books lately and sometimes there is very dark humor in there that made me giggle that may not make everyone giggle but I thought it was just so dark and so um uh, there's a, you know you play with the irony of certain things and the character how they view it and perceive it and i was like yeah that's actually what i do in life so why can't my character have that so i'm trying to infuse a little bit more in there he does have somewhat of a smart mouth in the sense not like franco franco has a smart mouth he has a smart answer for everything and that gets him in trouble. And so this guy is a little different. This guy is someone who sort of blusters. If he's pushed in a corner, he kind of starts to pretend to be bigger than he is, mm-hmm. uh, just to sort of, you know, save himself, maybe to, to, what's the word, uh, to protect himself. Uh, but, but he, he might be afraid, but he doesn't show it, but it's all just words. Uh, whereas Franco very much got scared and had fears and would maybe think of answers after, but uh, was definitely not someone to put himself into a dangerous situation. This new character is a um, sort of small time criminal who's trying to live a better life, but he's definitely run with people uh, that are dangerous. He's been in dangerous situations. He's committed crimes. So he's definitely a completely different person, but also, um, needed to, I didn't want him to just kind of breeze through life and have a fun answer for everything. So I was trying to put in some other characters who might either give him a great setup for a good line, perhaps, or be kind of uh mm-hmm. witty in their own sense. So yeah. I definitely want to have a little in there, but it's, it's still a fairly, it, it's a darker book. It's, you know, it's more hard-boiled noir, so... There there sometimes is not that much room for me at this point. Uh, I guess I'm learning still. I may find it one day.
0: I love that you're being so honest and talking about, you know, your writing and figuring things out. I want you to finish that thriller, by the way. So (laughs) (laughs) at some point, you got to figure out who did it so that you can finish it. Um, But, you know, I also know that you work with, you know, other writers or you're, you know, you're you're sort of talking to other people and as, as everyone, you know, we all lift up and we all figure things out. And, um, so somebody listening to this, I think what they can take from it and what they can be inspired by is that you're figuring out what you want your career to look like, right? You're figuring it out and you're nimble enough to sort of think, I, I want to find the joy, are you searching for the joy of the writing that you found in blackout with these other projects?
1: Yeah. And actually that is, uh, that's probably the best advice, writing advice I've ever gotten from anyone. Uh, we were talking and I was just telling them how much trouble I had, uh, at the very beginning, uh, of writing this particular new, um, book slash series. I told them how frustrated I was and how, I it tore the book tormented me. It needed out. I it needed to be written. I needed to do it because it was important. But at the same time I struggled finding the voice and finding the means to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was telling them about it, and the person said Writing is hard, but writing should be fun. If there is no fun in it, maybe the book needs To not be told. Maybe it's not the right time or whatever. But if you don't have, if you don't find a modicum of fun in this, you need to stop. And that was kind of that sounded harsher to me um, when he said it than it actually is. But it took me it took me a week or two of just thinking about this all the time and thinking it is true. I don't need to, you know, ha ha ha, have giggles and laughs and all that sort of stuff, but I need to enjoy myself and have fun doing this. And, and then it happened finally, uh, where I realized the only person holding me back is me as usual. It's always me. Uh, but it's, it takes longer and longer to figure out that it's still me. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and I realized it, and it also helped to make some really good friends um, since Left Coast uh, 2022. People that I talk to weekly now and uh, see on Zoom uh, monthly, and we talk to each other all the time, uh, they've gotten to know me fairly well. And they are generous in their feedbacks and telling me, you are always in your head. You need to get out of your head. And you need to just sort of enjoy what you're doing. And so I'm back to enjoying what I'm doing and realizing I'm the one setting limits and I shouldn't have the limits. And another friend uh, also had a pretty good advice. She said, you know what? When I write my books, I throw everything in there. It's a first, second or third draft, but I throw everything in there um, the kitchen sink and explosions and this, <laughs> and everything, it's gotta be there because you can always take it out. But if it's missing, uh, you don't know if it's working or if it's not working. And, um, I, I'm now basically trying to take her advice and do more of that and say, no, let's go and have the character go there and have this and this and this happen. Because I have absolutely read books that were celebrated and bestsellers and they had scenes in there that I felt were fairly believable now that I am trying to write something similar even perhaps uh, a a scene that's not entirely different I feel like I can't do it because it's not anchored in my real life but this character isn't me and it's not my life and I'm writing about the underworld and criminals and they do experience different things so uh I need to sort of just kind of let go and dare a little bit more. And that's been very, very helpful the last uh, six months of, of basically finally getting the rhythm and, and and writing this book. and having
0: fun. What's the worst piece of writing advice you ever got?
1: Um, the worst was probably people saying, uh, you should never write a sequel. Or even plan on doing a sequel if the first book hasn't sold. Why waste your time? And that may very well work for other people. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but for me it was wrong because if I had written the sequel, especially, you know, to Blackout, then I would have been ready. Yeah. And, um, it probably didn't need to be written. It didn't need to be written because, you know, everything happens for a reason. But I wish I'd done it simply to have the um what do you say? How do you call that? To 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 have the routine of writing mm-hmm. and to um as an exercise to just do it. And even if you if it turns out that it wasn't your greatest book, or even if you get stuck in the middle somewhere, at least you you did it. Uh you went as, as far as you could, and then you realized it's it you know, it doesn't go any further. Is it time wasted? I used to think, yes. But honestly, as long as you write, and as long as you write something that is good or bad, and you realize it, and you take something from that, and do better next time, it's worth it. Yeah. And for me, it just takes forever to, to get there uh, and to realize this. But I've known this now for a little while, and I'm trying to implement it in my life so that I do write um, even as an exercise, even if I don't know if this is going anywhere, the short story or this novella or book, uh, but do it anyway and then stop. And some books don't need to be written. It's entirely possible. But when I was told to just not write until this one was perfect, I worked on just this book. I did nothing else and uh, had pretty much nothing else to offer anyone after. Yeah. And that put a lot of stress on me that I think was not necessary. I mm-hmm. should have... Maybe not written the sequel, but I should have written other things. And, mm-hmm. uh, I just took it very literally, uh, and, 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 and did not write. And, and I think you should always write if this is your passion, write. And even if you wrote a book that you really loved and you have an idea for a sequel, and people are like, "Well, don't do it, it hasn't sold yet. If it makes you happy, write it because the first book may not publish, but the second one may be the first one and I hear this from so many people they wrote two, three books with the same characters, and only one ever made it. but you had that rhythm, and you 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 know they created something that ultimately went somewhere, and then other books came, perhaps one was shelved, but you rewrote the third one and that right. became a book. It's it's never a waste of time.
0: No, I think that's great advice. Often uh we spend so long working on that first book, years and years and years and in hindsight you think probably should have spent about 2 years <laughs> working on that one and then moved to the next one because you learn the more books you write, the more you learn how to write a book. I mean it's it's a really hard thing to do.
1: Yeah. Oh absolutely and i the one thing i i'm taking from my old life which was i flew for the airlines uh for uh, almost 12 and a half years uh i flew for swiss air back in switzerland and the one thing i learned uh a few years in is always listen to your body because you have all these time changes and you know Time zones Absolutely. and all that sort of stuff. And by listening to my body more, I, I'm pretty attuned to what I like and don't like. And honestly, uh, or or interestingly, less honestly than interesting, perhaps. That also kind of translates to my writing. I have moments when I'm supposed to write. And I get physically tired. There is no reason for this, but I get physically tired and I'm slouching and I'm dragging myself through the house and I find a million things to do other than write. And, uh, it's my body telling me that it's just not the right time, the right day, uh, that I can't do it. And I'm not even producing anything that's, that's great or positive. And so, uh, not always, but a lot of times now I give in and say, fine, I guess I'm not writing today. And then the next day is perfectly fine and I can do it and I yeah. power through it. But uh, sometimes you are... We're exhausted from the world, from everything that goes on. Mm-hmm. And writing, having that pressure of having to do a certain thing, if it's not time sensitive and you have to submit it today, <laughs> then perhaps setting it off, you know, putting it off until the next day is not a bad thing. And that way your body can regenerate and you want to be fresh. You, you want your mind be fresh and your body so that you can sit down, sit there for hours and write and create something great. Yeah.
0: It's great advice. Great advice.
1: And important
0: because I don't I don't think we we do that enough. We don't listen to ourselves enough and and how how you need to be in the right place to be able to write. You need to push yourself sometimes <laughs> to avoid, you know, well, gee, that jigsaw puzzle looks great. Maybe I should yeah. do that today instead. But it's a it's a balancing act. Yeah, ah. Yeah, so you're working on uh, on several projects, and I'm looking forward. What are you What are you reading now for fun? What 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 can you recommend to folks? As we all came back from Bouchercon, some of us with COVID, but um, (laughs) (laughs) others with uh, everyone came back with a stack of books. So, um, what 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 are you reading?
1: I just I powered almost powered through three books uh, in the last six days. Uh, I wow. read Rob Hart's New York, which was his debut, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, it's uh, about a private detective, sort of, um, unlicensed in New York who uh, gets stuff done. And I really enjoyed it. I wanted to find a few more books that deal with characters that are not entirely unrelated to what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Just How others are doing it. And the fun thing about the, you know, what you said, uh, what you read for fun. I do read for fun and I enjoy that, but it's also always with the writer's mind. I always look at everything, uh, same as watching movies. Every movie we watch, I dissect every scene that kind of appeals to me, see how they did it. Because for me, Mm -hmm. writing is also like cinematography in a way. I want the reader to, to experience uh, the scene like they were watching a movie and so there is really good stuff that you see or read and 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 not so much but yes I, I highly recommend uh new york by Rob Hart and then I read uh Money Shot by Krista Faust which I also love uh it's a few years old great book um also more hard noir and so the third book that I am just now reading and also enjoying a lot is Megan Abbott's the song is you, uh, which is about Benoir and, um, takes place in, um, I believe it's, I don't want to see the wrong thing, forties. Uh, but it's very fascinating. It's, uh, it's sort of inspired. Well, it's inspired by a true, uh, missing person case, um, that happened at the time. Uh, it takes place at the end of forties and continues two years later, early fifties um really really well done um so yeah everything has been very dark and and uh noir the last few days or yeah weeks i mean three (laughs) books in in six days that's a lot but i had some time fortunately and so uh sometimes i feel like if i'm not writing i'm not doing anything and i'm not being productive but uh reading is just as important you need to read other people you need to read um in your genre or outside of your genre, anything that expands the mind or helps you understand uh, how other people do it, how perhaps a certain kind of novel or genre works or doesn't work. Right. And um, it's always, it, it, I don't give myself enough time to just sit down and read and, and spend an entire day with a book. Uh, it doesn't happen too often because it makes me feel like I'm lazy, but like I said, it does expand the mind and it's very helpful and I've learned so much. Um, the other day I, recommended um, Jordan Harper's Who writes Shotgun um, on Christopher Gorski's uh, podcast, We Are What We Read. And that is still uh, one of my favorite books ever, probably, and the follow-up, The Last King of California. All dark books, but right now, for fun, I read very dark, <laughs> very dark <laughs> books that are very well done uh, by very talented authors that Um, I all, I look up to everybody. I hope one day to create a piece of work that is worthy of, you know, maybe being on, on a, in the same realm, at least, uh, as these writers. So, yeah.
0: Well, I have no doubt that that's going to be the case. No doubt. Um, Marco, thank you so much, uh, for being on the podcast and for this great and honest conversation about process and, figuring stuff out and being nimble and um you know i'm i can't wait to read this new series
1: (laughs) yes fingers crossed let's hope it actually turns into something (laughs) And thank you so much for having me
0: well i i have no doubt let's be positive let's not hope let's say it's going to and put that out into the universe um and it was i'm very happy to have had a great conversation with you thank you
1: you too thank you so much Julie.